0: Today, I'm talking to two of my most favourite people in this industry, and that's Andy McNulty and ty Marsink of TouchStay. And they have recently published their podcast called The Guest Cast. And it's different to most of the podcasts you'll be listening to because it's all about the guest experience from the guests. It's not talking to owners and managers, having us all think about what we think guests should experience. It's about what these people have experienced. And there's some great stories in this first series of the guest cast. And I'm going to be asking Andy and Tayan why they started this, why it's important, and particularly why it's important for you to listen to each and every one of these episodes. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and we're halfway through the summer, halfway through the season, and in fact, almost into the latter stages of the season now. It's been awesome. It's been completely awesome this year. Yes, people have had issues, and we've had one or two major ones, but nothing like what we've experienced in the past. And there's a couple of things I will put this down to. In fact, they all roll into one thing and it's about communication. It's about communicating with guests way, way before they start their vacation. It's answering every single question they have and making sure that they have no questions left to ask. It is getting in touch with them a few days before they go to remind them of their terms and conditions of rental and checking that they've got everything they need. It's about connecting with them the night before they leave for on vacation to make sure they've got the directions. It's about checking in on the morning of their vacation, telling them we can't wait to have them arrive and have them enjoy their week. And it's about checking in after they have arrived. Sounds like a lot, doesn't it? And I did think that, you know, is this overkill? Are we connecting with our guests too much? Is there some and I think that is something you can do. Is is too much connection, may, may be seen as intrusion. But we seem to have it just right. We are getting such positive feedback about how we're communicating with guests. We're doing the majority of it by text. We're also using Active campaign for some broadcasts, you know, right the way through the period between booking and arrival. And then we're using the Touchstay app for some other automated emails. And it's all come together to create this really seamless communication with guests. And yes, (laughs) there is a slight downside to this that they're communicating back with us a lot. So certainly on the day of their arrival and the day after their arrival, we're hearing from them. We're we're hearing from them, asking those additional questions. We're hearing from them after they've arrived to let us know that there might be some minor issues with the property. Asking questions like, you know, we can't find the kayak paddles. Or, you know, they, they can't find the plastic glasses and plates for their outdoor eating or for the children. And it has allowed us to immediately respond. And I mean immediately because we do, if, if if we get a text between, let's say, seven in the morning and 11 at night, they will more than likely get an immediate response from one of our team. And, you know, I'm gushing about this a bit because I can't believe the difference it has made to our experience as service providers. We are all in this service provision industry and we know what it's like to be there, to have to respond, to be open to whatever emotion the guests are feeling at the time and to respond appropriately. But we've just found that the, what, what we're doing this year, we seem to have found the formula. And I'm super, super happy about this. So this year it has been all about the guest experience because we are hearing more from our guests. we're hearing their experiences. We do send them a text on the last night just to remind them about checkout instructions and to make sure they had a good time. that is that's also cr- been great for the feedback from them. Whereas in the past we had not had that connection with them till maybe after they got home which is when holidays are over and they might be back to work, kids back to school, etc. And and not you know, the, the, the thought of holiday has gone out of their heads. Now, with this connection, it's still in their minds. They're still having a great time. They're having their last barbecue. They're sitting out in the dock. They're feeling full of, of the joy of their vacation. And, and we're hearing that great feedback, which is good for our morale. It's always good. So we're hearing more from the happy people instead of just a lot from the few unhappy people. And, you know, the, the 80-20 rule, or is it in our case, we figure it's the 90-10 rule, does really apply. So in thinking about the guest experience, and I'm talking recently to my friend, Tyanne Marsink. you've heard her on the podcast many times. And Tayan is the community ambassador for TouchStay. And I'm sure you know, we use, uh, as a company, we use TouchStay. We think it is the most awesome product and thoroughly recommend it to everybody. So as community ambassador for TouchStay, she and the founder of TouchStay, and that is uh, Andy McNulty, decided that they would uh, create their own podcast called The Guest Cast, And this is a different type of podcast that we're all used to listening to, where we listen to people like myself, Evelyn, Badia, like uh, Sarah and T, all the people who are out there doing these great, great podcasts. But in general, talking to operators, talking about being a host, being a manager, Whereas the Touchstay team have come up with a more unique idea, which is talking to the guests, finding out what their experiences have been, and giving us all some really great lessons in how some poor experiences can be handled and how some great experiences have been created. So, in their first season of the guest cast, they've interviewed seven guests some of them, your, these names you will recognize. So I'm not going to say anything more about that. I'm going to turn it over to Tyanne and Andy to share some of these experiences and to talk about why they thought that this was really important that we began hearing more from the guests. Mm-hmm. So I'm super happy to have with me today my good friends, Andy McNulty and Tyanne Marsink from TouchStay. Welcome, both of you.
1: Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us.
0: It's an absolute pleasure. It's always really good (laughs) every so often to get back to people that, you know, I really know and have spent so much time with. Tyanne, I was talking, I don't know if you listened to our episode 400 from last week when I talked to Matt Landau. And, and we sort of drifted back to where we all met, where the three of us met way back at that home away conference. And that really was, I think it was a start of it for everyone, wasn't it?
1: It was. I mean, that was, I look back and that's been what, what'd you guys decide? Seven years ago now? Seven or eight, or eight yeah. Eight, I think. Yeah.
0: So much has happened since then. And then Andy, I feel like I've known you forever going back to getaway earth times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I, I I know um how many years is that that's that's probably oh that was 2008 I think
0: yeah it was just after I started started um, writing my blog that and started was bonkers in 2007 to, <laughs>
2: literally and, and 2008 in 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 world terms is just nothing is a blink of an eye but in this industry it's just it's night and day like I can't I can't believe some of the things that Went on back then,
0: <laughs> like
2: the and some of the the listings you would see on listing sites that were just had you know the most awful photos and the crappiest copy and thankfully that's so rare these days everything is so much more professionalised.
0: I know, I know, I, I still see it. I still see it on some of our sites up here in uh, in Ontario. There are still some that uh, that are living back in the pre. Uh, 21st century. <laughs> it's
2: a fine line though, isn't it? Like professionalism and still having like this place to stay that feels very authentic and not clipped and polished.
0: Yeah. It, there, there, there is a, there is a, yeah, well, there's authenticity and there's, <laughs> there's <rubbish>. the other <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, enough said of that. G- great to have you both here. Touch Day, I know, is leaps and bounds at the moment, doing really, really well. Um, I have to say that it's worked brilliantly for our company this year. Just in my introduction, I was, I was talking about the difference we've had this year compared to other years. And now we have this combination of we're using Breezeway with text we're using TouchStay for some of the automated emails. And then we use Active Campaign for some of the other uh, broadcast emails, you know, the, a drip campaign throughout the year. And that combination has changed our world this year. We have seen such a difference in the way guests are, commu- are how we're communicating with guests, how they're communicating with us, and it is resolving so many of the problems that we had in the past. Uh, it, it's night and day at the moment. So thank you to Touch Day for, for being there, for for that part of it. But, you know, it really is, we're hearing more and more about the guest experience from this, this greater communication we're having. So before, we never really heard from guests as to, you know, what their experience was, particularly in that time between booking and, and arrival. But also, mostly we were hearing of experiences when they had a, rot- a rotten time. Something happened and we didn't hear f- to hear about it until they've left. And now we're hearing about it, you know, during their stay, so we can fix it. So when I first heard you were starting the guest cast podcast, and going to be interviewing guests and asking them about their experiences, I thought this is just wonderful. What a great thing to do. And we all ought to be listening more to this. So I wanted to talk to you both about how this how this kicked off why you decided to do this, and then I want to talk a little bit about the seven guests you've had on so far, because they are such interesting people. So, Andy, do you want to kick off with where did this all begin?
2: I don't know that I can remember where it all began. (laughs) Uh, I think Tyne and I, we've always had that discussion, haven't we, Tyne, about whether or not we can do something that Talks about guests because that has been the product the whole time. The guest has been the focus, and our customers are, of course, owners and property managers like you. But the end customer is the consumer, and the product is served to the consumer. So we were always trying to think about whether there was something more interesting we could do that talked about the consumer. And I can't remember whether Tayan said one day how it came up, but oh, we should do we should do a podcast. And thankfully, because of time, we did it. Because if it was me, I would have said, "Mm, should we? We're not, we won't be very good at it. Or there'll be this problem or this problem. She was like, no, let's just do it. (laughs) So that's how it is.
1: Yeah, I think we theorize so much about what the guest wants. And then we get in this vacuum and this bubble between all of us industry people. And, but where are we actually talking to the guest? So at this point, we're like, okay, how can we actually reach the guest and bring their experiences, true experiences directly from them into us owners and managers and suppliers and see how we really can impact them. And so after our brainstorm, we decided a podcast would work.
0: So where did you get the idea for for the guests? You know, how did you choose the guests? Because it could have been so much, it could have been easier for you just to go out into a Facebook group. Any of the Facebook groups and just ask for guests, but these are these are all special guests. So, what was your concept of where you are get? You know, how did you choose them?
2: Well, I think I think we're still struggling to understand <laughs> who we should go after and ask. Um, but we we had at the outset the idea of trying to find people who we thought just would be interesting and people we've come across throughout our lives. Um, and it could be anything. So there was no, like it had to be in this industry or it had to be this person who's strong on Instagram or has to be this person who, you know, blogs about it. it did not have to be any of that. It just had to be, who do we think in our lives has been interesting to talk to and let's approach them, however big or small they are. So with Rand Fishkin, for example,
0: my hero, you
2: know, <laughs> your hero, mine as well. And he was one of those that I just thought, wow. Well, He's not going to participate in in our kind of little startup podcast, but I know in the things that he's done that he has advocated for just sending out a friendly email to somebody who you want to to involve in something and seeing where it goes. so so we did exactly that and he said, yeah, so that, that you know, so that that's how we stumbled on that one. I mean a couple of the others we know, so wheres Melton, we already know, um Julie Dean, I knew from having worked with her before. Hannah's obviously on our team. But then, you know, there, there were some who, particularly this new series that we're doing, we've just gone on to season two, who we're trying to be a bit more creative about who they are and maybe some of the stories that they might bring, uh, as opposed to the first season just being about, can we just find some really interesting people?
0: <laughs> well, Rand Fishkin's certainly interesting to me. And, and for those of you who are not sure who that is, he is the founder of Moz. He is, he is the SEO Guru and author of of a new book, which I have to get. When I was researching this, I checked him out to see, you know, what he was doing now. And he'd written a book called Lost and Founder, which I love that title. You know, it's it's about startups and it's about him, his startups and his experience of startups. Um, so it was so interesting to see his name there. But he, you know, you booked him because he had a vacation rental experience
2: um he actually had a a, a, hotel, okay, um, a hotel experience on the, yeah yeah time maybe you want to like do you want to take this one away because this one was quite interesting
0: yeah let, cuz let's just clarify this cuz some of these are vacation rentals and some are hotel experiences but they're all guest experiences right
1: right they're all different types of experiences um even the travel influencers that i reached out through twitter i just sent them a twitter message And they replied and theirs is not a vacation rental experience or a hotel experience, but it was a tour experience Mm -hmm. on a boat down the Amazon. So we had, what we were looking for was folks who just had a travel experience and stayed somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that just opened up all types of different lodging options because It's all lodging when you come down to it and there's an effect of the experience of the lodging that really affects your stay and it can have a greater impact throughout your life. So we were trying to look for stories where the stay, the entire experience really affected them. And yeah, we got a lot of no's and a lot of, we, we didn't know exactly what we were asking for either. So a lot of confusion from people when we reached out to them. So I think it's it's helped now getting through the season one and refining exactly what we're looking for. And then we, we're also looking for folks um, who could tell a story because there's some people that you talk to, they're just not good storytellers. Um, and that makes it a little tough too. So <laughs> looking looking for the storytellers and Rand specifically was, it was incredible. I had no clue who he was. I didn't no research beforehand. I wanted everything to be a surprise and so then we get on the interview and I'm just like, oh that's who you are <laughs> type thing. Um, his story was was incredible and it's a little rambling at first you know we had to do some editing but you know sitting and listening to how their interactions with a with I guess, you know, a, a bell hop basically, um, or the valet, it was the valet at the hotel and how the valet made a huge impact on their mm-hmm. stay. And when you start going through the stories, it's just incredible. And you see these little things that, that you think, well, I can't, I can't provide this incredible experience for guests. But then when you listen to these stories, Andy and I really try to pull out those little things, those steps that made a huge difference that all of us can do um, no matter what size of property or type of property or anything, that everything can be applied.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, what was it that stood out from the Rand Fishkin episode, from that guest experience level?
1: I think on that one, the valet took his skill and applied it without the guest knowing until the uh, end. Okay. Okay. And, and the hotel gave him that liberty to do so. You know, it wasn't something where he had, we don't know, maybe he went and go ask permission or something, but it was Rand and his wife showed up, they were stressed out, the valet saw the issue, and by the time they got back from their touristing, walking around, the stress was gone because the valet had fixed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love and that. And,
2: uh, and and I will say that one one of the things that we tried to do on that episode and future episodes is to have like a Tyne and Andy interjection at some point during the the podcast, either there or at the end, and the one at the end I remember that, that Tyne and I discussed was the we, um, we won't tell you obviously what happened. You can go and listen to it to, to <laughs> see what happened. Um, but the one thing that came out of it was the difference in the hospitality approach of somebody in Italy versus perhaps somebody who had less of a kind of a free-flowing kind of wanting to care for people personality and I, I use the analogy of um, sort of northern Europe kind of style the Brits the Germans that kind of thing who are perhaps less let's say flamboyant than the Italians are when they approach just everything in life so therefore hospitality too um, and time was telling us about her German heritage and how she had to try to really learn the art of hospitality mm-hmm. she's she's you know, that wasn't something that came straight away as a natural to her. Um, so that's one of the things that, that came out of it as well, that I don't think we would have really thought about had we not heard Rand telling a story about how great the the Italian valet was at the hotel where they stayed.
0: Yes, and, and I, I relate to that, of course, being a Brit and, you know, now, now being out here in Canada where, you know, there is a different approach to hospitality. So it makes you wonder, you know, thinking about transferable the culture of hospitality in different places and how transferable that is. You know, can can we adopt the different types of hospitality, the best bits I guess, from different cultures.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think Tian's takeaway was that she it what didn't come naturally to her, but look at her now and look at the way she approaches <laughs> Um, hospitality so yeah you can definitely learn it um, but going back to the point time was making it was definitely to try and get a guest perspective on things you know we we we're just in this business every day as a vendor supplier and talking to property managers and owners and so you never really get the perspective of what it matter what it means To be in a certain scenario from a guest perspective what do they look for what 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 hits them in the heart or in the gut what what are those kind of things that really stand out for them and and that was a great thing about rand's one but i also remember the one that we did with julie dean that was probably one of my favorite ones actually just because i know julie already so it was quite kind of a comfortable one but she spoke about how she just craves the unknown like going out into places that ordinarily a solo female traveler wouldn't go. And hers is about a trip that she took actually with her daughter as well to Morocco. And they took a few kind of twists and turns in in, in that stay. And they only did that because they were the kind of people who weren't bothered, or I wouldn't say weren't bothered, they had a very good radar gut feeling for the, the trust they could place in someone who was taking care of them during their their travel experience. And it's not something that every traveller necessarily has that skill to know when a situation can be dangerous or when it can't be dangerous. And I thought that was really interesting to hear. Some of the things she said she did, I was just like, why did you do that? Who on earth would do (laughs) that? But she was like, she didn't even give it a second thought. And and that was kind of eye-opening as well, that there are people out there who will kind of trust in you saying Mm -hmm go and do this or come with me and I'll show you this, you know? So that was eye-opening. Similar one, actually, Hannah as well on our team. Hannah had a very similar experience in, um, actually, her her story was more about how she got sick when she was on a holiday in Spain. But she went on to talk about an experience she had in Cuba of going to a, a particular waterfall that was just flooded with tourists and ended up telling her guide that she wanted to go to a place where there weren't any tourists and off the guide took hannah by herself on horseback deep into you know and and again but hannah had that feeling she had that feeling that this could be potentially dangerous but i'm actually all right you know and it's interesting to talk about that really fine line that exists but so those were just some of the things but it really eye-opening to talk to guests and hear those stories
0: remind me one day to tell you the story of the line cabin the line shack all right, and, and okay. a, just 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 in a nutshell, it was this goes back around 20 years when we first came across to Ontario to look at properties, and we came across an owner who wanted to show us his property, which was on a farm in sort of the northern part of, of um, southern Ontario. and it was the weirdest experience we ever had, and it ended up with this guy getting into a truck with Phil and I in the back. And his wife sitting beside him with this big picnic basket, which I was absolutely sure had a knife in it, and taking us on this this tour right across, all across these fields because he was going to show us his line shack, and I was absolutely 100 percent convinced we were going to be murdered. I mean <coughs> and I've never had that feeling before, but that is all yeah, there's a, I will tell this story. I, I'm intriguing people now. <laughs> And yeah one that day, i want to hear more i want to hear
2: more about that. i will
0: tell the story of the line shack because the last little part of it it was just mind-blowing and you never ever forgotten that experience but it was all it was about trust it was about <laughs> it was about you are trust.
2: you are gonna to have to make your what are we 401 episode or something you're gonna to to make your 402nd this story because it's it's been teed up
1: <laughs> i don't know
2: Maybe Heather just needs to be on season two. I guess. <laughs> oh, was that where you were going, Heather? Was that your little no?
1: Fish? <laughs> um, it wasn't. It was just
0: the story of the line shack. And it, every so often, I think about it, and Phil and I look at each other, and say, "Do you remember the line shack?" Oh my God, we remember the line shack. <laughs> is,
2: is was like being serious. Was there a lesson that came out of that? Was there a guest lesson?
0: Um, yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a trust. It was definitely a a trust thing. Um, so you should be on season two. No, no. No, you you got plenty of others. We'll we'll talk about this
2: anyhow. <laughs> well, enough, anyhow. enough of Heather <laughs> Bear.
0: <laughs> tell me about tell me about Wes Melton, because I was I I now that's one I haven't actually listened to myself. I listened to parts of of most of them, but I didn't listen to Wes's, and I should have done because Wes has been in the industry a long time. You know, as a property manager, as co-founder of SmokyMountains.com with David Angotti, and now the founder of Nacori, and just he's always been involved in the business. So this is, this is the story I'm sure of, of somebody who knows the business experiencing it uh, from the other side. So how was that? I
1: think think on, on Wes's one, we kind of broke our rule. Uh, We were trying to go for no one in the industry. So no one that we would, any of us would normally listen to. And then, and then we thought, oh, wait, Wes, he's he's rarely seen on podcasts or at the conferences speaking or anything like that. But he's he's just brilliant, and he is a really good storyteller, and he brings a really fresh perspective. So we broke our rule and invited him to come talk, and I'm glad we did uh, because he had a fascinating story about fees and communication. So I think that one specifically, all about communication and more human versus versus tech is a really good one.
0: Yeah. So what will happen to him in a, in a nutshell, cause we want people to go listen to these, these episodes.
1: <laughs> um, the, the manager of the vacation rental they were going to stay at put a sign up saying, if you use Netflix, we're going to charge you a $150 fee. Wow. That's yeah. the new one. <laughs> it, it is. So we definitely talked about how that communication came across. What could have been done better kind of figures like, okay, why are they saying $150 fee for Netflix? And Wes never answered my question asking, did he use Netflix?
2: <laughs> one of the other things I really liked about that one was Wes advocating for operators, so managers and hosts to communicate more, not less with guests. In fact, I'll put it slightly differently. It's not It's not so much about communicating. It's about soliciting co- communications, discussions with guests, rather than trying to push them away and saying, I don't want to hear from you. And, and that had me that had me scratching my head because I thought, well, no, but nobody wants the phone to keep going, the emails and all this sort of stuff. And But it was a different point. It was about how you can communicate more of what your value proposition is and more about what you stand for and what your brand is, no matter how big or small you are. But that connected with me because it was always that thing that you and I have said, Heather, as that gap between booking. Um, and in fact, what Tyen said that the experience starts the moment they first find you on on web. But yeah, we have no communication after is after a guest has been booked before they arrive. There's, there's very little that that is communicated, and that's the moment where you can actually have more of a dialogue. Not. Not that involves guests calling you or sending you tons of emails, but where you can start to communicate with them with your automated emails, et etc., and get across what you stand for. I thought that was really interesting. That advocating of more, not less.
0: Well, that's interesting, and, and I and I mentioned this in the introduction to this podcast. That's exactly what we've done. The differently this year that's that's revolutionised our business is communicating more, and that's what it has, yeah, um, it, it, it's it's just been phenomenal. And when I was reeling off, you know, all the all the points of communication and I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's a lot. <laughs> we, we do uh, connect with them a lot, particularly in the week leading up to the stay, the night before the stay, the day of the stay, after they arrive, the night before they leave, the day after they leave. And I, and I, as I was reeling them off and I thought, oh, my God, we're doing this far too much. But not a single person has said anything negative in fact, all we've got is positive feedback. With I love how you communicate, and exactly. it's been phenomenal. Right. I've learned so much from you, Tayanne, on on this whole communication issue. You know, and I, you know, less is definitely not more in this in this uh, circumstance. Yeah, um, this
1: spring when Andy wrote his art um, piece about the communication circus. Um, and then he asked me, he goes, Hey, can you write down your communication flow? And I'm like, okay. And then I wrote it down like, Oh (laughs) my gosh, do I really communicate that much to my guests? And I, then I looked, I was like, wait, I can add one more here. I can add one more (laughs) there. And, and I did, and I've had exactly the same results as you, Heather. Guests are saying, even specifically in the reviews, Communication was wonderful. I wish more places did this. We felt welcomed. We felt taken care of. Um, We knew exactly what was going to happen and when it would happen. And we're also, so one of my, that I added this summer was about traffic. Um, the Table Rock Lake Dam had been closed down to one lane. And that is a major thoroughfare to go places around the lake. So I just simply added another email saying, hey, there's traffic. Here's the three spots to um, be careful of, add time. And just, you know, me as a, as a traveler, I would love to know something like that mm-hmm. versus showing up to a place and being like, oh, Crap, now I gotta add another 20 minutes to my to what I was going to do, and I wasn't figuring that into my stay. But knowing ahead of time of the disadvantages of what's going on just relaxes things.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean we've we've done it with some um, we've we've had a ton of rain in July and hydro, you know, electricity outages everywhere. And just a communication to be able to text and say there's a storm coming put the umbrella down and people are sort of a bit blown away with this it's like are you on my shoulder yes yeah. <laughs> but we're yeah. watching the weather forecast all the time we've had so many tornado warnings in the last month and and we have it set up so we you know the, the a text will go out to a specific number of properties in a region and just say, there's been a tornado warning, just pop out, put the umbrella down, just watch for the weather, bring the boats in. And that communication has uh, just boosted our guests' feelings about us. And you just said it, Tyanne, as be, they, they feel they're being taken care of. Yep. And it's incredible now with
1: what we can do remotely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's turn to John McElrogate because I had him on the podcast, oh my gosh, so many years ago when he, he founded Shoot Stay, which I thought was just an amazing idea. Uh, and it was about, you know, photographers coming to stay in your property for, for, for free, and then they would take your photo, you know, photographs for you. And I don't know whether it, I, I don't know how long it lasted. John, I think, moved on to something else. I mean, he, he's an amazingly um, intelligent and um, focused guy, and is doing lots of other things at the moment. What, what was his experience?
2: I'm not sure we got to his actual story, did we, Tyrann? That's one of the <laughs> things we were saying afterwards. We 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 had a good discussion of a good story, but it wasn't the one that he was there to do. <laughs> so we'll probably have him on on a later season. But uh, yeah, Tyan knew him. I I I didn't know him, but fascinating individual. So fast at thinking and. A really, really deep knowledge about everything. It
1: seems.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. But but it but it was specifically the, the the part that I remember was more about the robot hotel that he stayed at in Tokyo, which I, which I think is quite a well known hotel where you're kind of greeted by robots. And um, this this we had a bit of a discussion about how you could could you replace the human with a robot in the check in process in the front desk process. Talking more about hotels here, but I guess we could talk about you know vacation rentals as well he made the really good point that there's this there's this kind of thing that a robot can do extremely well and you have to have parts of your process that are really heavily auto- automated. But there are other parts where it just, it doesn't really scale. You know, there is no way, like, you know, some of the simpler tasks in a hotel, because you've got such a big operation. Yes, you should have that robot do it because the the variable cost nature of it just makes it so much easier yeah. to, to do. Um and that's what I liked about his was that he had these experiences, but he rooted them back to the everyday operation of the business. So it wasn't just, oh, that's a story that's great to hear, but it was how it linked back to mm-hmm. what you would be doing in your business. Um, that's the bit I remember, time. Was there anything else that, that stuck out for you? I'm trying to think what else he, yeah, he was talking yeah so,
1: so then he talked about how staying at the Robot Hotel, it just completely stripped all human interaction and when he travels, it's the human interaction that he craves. Um, he goes to conferences and teaches and speaks. And what he looks for in travel too is validation. And so, with him just simply going and talking to the local bartender and meeting the people is a huge part of his travel experience. So, what's interesting, and we did not do this on purpose. I literally just realized it. We put Wes's episode talking about how less tech. And or not, but more communication versus less communication. Right then after that is John's episode talking about all this tech and the missing human element. If you go too far, and how important the human element is. So it's really cool how those ended up back to back.
0: Mm. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you've talked to so many interesting people. But it's just, I just want to pick up on something you just said, which was about, you know, um, looking for validation. And it it got me thinking about the five love languages. So it's just rubber banded me back to... The three of us doing a presentation on five love languages and how important that is. And, you know, perhaps we should remind ourselves of that. And I will make sure I'll I'll put a link to that podcast episode we did, the three of us on the love languages, because I think it's probably it's it's a good segue back into that. Let's let's think about if if we can cover off all those five love languages in everything we do in all those communications, then we're going to we're going to make more people happy. That was a little bit of a segue because it just it just got me when you said validation. I thought, oh, well, yeah. we,
2: we we did talk about we did talk about the love languages in in um, in Hannah's podcast. Hannah's the content manager on the State team. And it was when she got sick in Spain that she was taken care of by her host. And we talked a little bit about acts of service involved there. And i pretty sure as well, although we didn't specifically talk about it, Alyssa Sincottas one touched on that as well. Um, That was a lot about how you could personalize the experience. She comes from a photography background and and quite a high-end sort of photography background. So she was very interested in how you do something a little bit special for people. And that touched on the love languages indirectly as well. I think probably if we looked at all of them, they probably Mm -hmm. all did touch on one of the five um, somehow, because they're all rooted in in making people happy at the end of the day, aren't they?
1: And I do I do want to point out on Alyssa's episode how she talks about the Louis Vuitton experience, the experience she had at a private winery and a private tour in Italy, and then her honeymoon in California in Napa Valley right after during the fires, and how there was one specific thing that each of these places did that just elevated her experience. And when she said what it was, I was like, "Um, that's something all of us can do. We don't have to be a high-end place. We don't have to have lots of properties. We don't have to have just a single property, but it's a single scalable thing that stuck out the most in her mind for a high-end experience.
0: So this is something everybody can do to give them the high-end experience without perhaps the high-end experience price
1: tag. And not only that, it, there is no price tag. No price tag. Oh God, now
0: I'm, now I'm intrigued because I didn't hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go back and listen to that one. So you, you've talked to some amazing people. Was there, was there one thing that came out of all these interviews that you'd like to share that says, you know, this is what all these different people are looking for in travel, in, in a travel experience? I'm dropping that on you because I didn't ask you the question beforehand. So you've got to come up with yeah, something. I, I mean,
2: yes. The thing I like – I'll, I'll tell what – I say what I like about them and whether that answers your questions is another thing. But <laughs> um, what I did like about all of them was that they all in their own way had something that the, the host, the hotel, the person they were staying with did or didn't do in the case of Wes's actually – that made a difference to the experience the guest had. And it wasn't ever about the price of the place or the cleanliness of the place or you know, some, some of the more obvious things you'd think about. It was always something, always something simple actually, but always something that was surprising and yet so simple. You know, the, the Hannah one, just the ability of a host to to know how to take care of someone in difficulty. The Alyssa one that Tyan's just explained, you know, that the, the story of Julie and, and some of the experiences she had, which were driven by someone saying, come with me and I'll show you some of the great things, you know, but um, it, it all of these, and it fascinated me that we like all obsessed in this industry about having good photos and good copy and, um, you know, getting booking confirmations to people and, you know, making sure that, that they can check in on time and all everyone expects that that's like the 101. Mm-hmm. what else is there and they're all simple when you listen to them they're all simple none of them are difficult but what else is there that you could think about that just makes that guest go ah oh, you know what that was really special because of this one single thing that mm-hmm. you that you did that was simple to do that's what came across for me
1: I, I think what came across to me too is how each of these stories actually affected the person's life and how travel affects our life overall. And we're a ripple. So to me, I, when I was a little kid, I always said, I want to change the world. Well, I'm one person, but as a vacation rental um, owner and manager, I am dropping little ripples into every single family that stays with us and providing that space. So in essence, by providing this space and listening to these travel stories of the guests we've had on the podcast and how the person they stayed with made such an impact upon their life, you know, it just drives home the point that we can change the world a little bit at a time and how these ripples just go out.
2: And not always, Ty, and not always by doing something that is, this is the wrong phrase, positive. I, I, what I mean is some of these stories were negatives. They were they were, they were, were disasters. I mean, the one of, the, of Dave and Deb on the Amazon.
1: Breaking his back. Um, oh and him
2: breaking his back. Yeah. It was about how the person whose care he was in responded to that really negative scenario. So it wasn't about them doing something extra that made like a that you know that the gift or whatever it was about the response in dealing with a negative scenario that, that made that experience what it was for Dave and Deb so yeah I, I and I agree with Tyane so, t- some of this stuff but you, we went into it thinking, oh let's just have some chat with guests like you know so, but they all had these stories that were really impactful on them in a way that I didn't really think that they would um negative and positive in terms of scenarios
0: Well, I hope this gives everybody the idea that you're just going to turn this podcast off and go straight over to the guest cast and have a listen because I'm going to go and listen to them all now. That's going to take up my next seven runs. Um, so I can get them all fully listened to because I just I just listened to snippets and they were so interesting, each and every one of them bringing something a little bit different. So kudos to both of you for, for doing this. I think it's something that's really needed to get those guest stories out because I'm sure every guest story has a lesson in there for every single one of us.
2: And I would say to any listeners, if you've got people which as time said we're trying not to have people who are in this industry so not necessarily you as a listener as an operator in this industry but if you know of somebody who you've come across who's just got you know a great story good energy we're always looking for people and i think that would be great to, to hear what other people think would be good guests going forward because we're making our best guess of, uh, of what they are but um we might not be quite right in who we choose so yeah send, send them over
0: if you've got ideas um so how do they contact you
1: Oh, uh, touchday.com forward slash podcast. And you can see all the episodes, listen to all of them besides all of the different apps, um, Spotify, Audible, all the et cetera, all the other ones. Um, And then just simply tie in at touchday.com. We'll get you onto our list. Wonderful. Now, when I started podcasting
0: and taught by the great Cliff Ravenscraft, how to do this. And he said that you will only succeed in podcasting if you get past the first seven episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the first seven, I, I'd be interested to hear what he said about the quality of the first seven because we were a bit hard on ourselves and we thought the quality wasn't that good. Now we're trying to get better and better, but um, maybe that's it. You just need to do the first seven. Just like, just do them, you know. You do, it and, took me a
0: year to do my first seven. That was 2013. Yeah. And then it was only in 2014 when I started to go week by week by week, because he, he nudged me and said, okay, you've done seven. <laughs> now you can do more. But I, I, I get you on the quality. And you know, you are harder on yourselves than we're all harder on ourselves as, as podcasters than, than we need to be. But then it's a good thing because we're always looking to improve our quality.
2: Yeah. How have you got 400 episodes to head? Like, how did you keep, seven's one thing, 400. <laughs> um, and like finding people, how, I mean, I know you have multiple people coming on multiple times, but still that's that's hundreds of people you've had.
0: Yes. I, th- I think when I worked, I, th- I think we did count it up and there, were, there are 325 or something separate people, different people. Oh, my goodness. But then, you know, it's a big industry and everybody's got, you know, th- 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 there are so many stories, so many stories yeah. to to hear so, uh, yeah. so before we wrap up, Andy, Diane, either one of you tell us a little bit more about Touch Day. You know, you know, I talk about it a lot, but, uh, <laughs> it, it's good coming from the, uh, from the source here.
2: <laughs> I'm looking at Diane. Diane is looking at me. <laughs> um, I'll kick it off and Diane can go, no, that's not right, Andy. But tell them this. Um, I mean, what to say about TouchDay? we we're, we I think a lot of people know about us, but if if you don't, we're a, we're a digital guidebook service replacing the old paper manual binder that exists in the home. But more than that, we, we've we've really found in the last two years and through the dreadful last year that people are trying to find a solution that makes it really easy to get across important information to guests. And that's what it is. There's no, you know, there's no grand, you know, like these this secret feature we have or anything. It's just good, simple way of getting across important information and it can actually become a repository of all your frequently asked questions as well. This is interesting as we've started to work a lot with property managers in the last year who want to focus on more than just the, the everyday stuff of answering questions, more about the strategic stuff and about how they differentiate their business, trying to get all of those frequently asked questions that you get asked by guests into a format where your guest can self serve and drive their own experience. That's the one thing that, that I kind of always knew Touchday did, but never really overtly saw that as the complete value add. And I think that's the biggest thing to come out of the last 12 to 18 months is that use case. Um, Tyen, anything different to say?
1: Just that it is definitely one of my best tools ever as a host manager, and I honestly cannot live without it. I mean, I run two brands of vacation rentals. Um, and we're growing. We're, we're not, I mean, we're it's all word of mouth. We're just signed three more houses in the last two weeks. And it's because of tools like Touchday that I can do that. And it goes back to my guests being felt like they're taken care of and welcomed because we're sending out that guidebook. We're actually sending it, I think, three or four times before arrival, um, having easy access within it. And then if they text us with a question, we're able to just send a direct link to the answer in the guidebook and just directly drive them back to it. Uh, So it has helped incredibly with not just the communication, but then also with the branding to get across, we are not one of the listing platforms they may have booked us on, but we are um, Nat and Tianan and team. And we use our first names and we use our logo and our colors and making sure all those touch points, you know, having something that has a picture of the house, has the same colors of the house, has the information about the house in the house, you know, it just drives home. This is a legit place. This is not a scam. Yes, you're okay. You spent $10,000 for your week. We'll take care of you.
2: Sorry, just going to interrupt. There was the one customer who'd said recently, I can't remember where she said it on some forum and she just literally said, OMG, get touch day. Best <laughs> decision I ever made this summer. I have been able to relax. I've had my time back. Um, and I actually came back from a two week stay with, with, um, with, um, in fact, one of them was a car, I stayed in three places, but one of them was a customer. And she said to me, do you know, what? Andy touched day revolutionized our, our business. Um, and, and those are the kind of things that you, unless you kind of get out there and, talk to customers and hear them and listen to them, you don't really know how much of an impact it makes. And that's something we've been able to do in the last year, 18 months as well. And Heather, I know you love labels, labels on light switches and labels that you can now print off a QR code for every single section in your guidebook and put the QR code next to something that a guest finds difficult to operate. So next to the AC, QR code to, to the part of the guidebook where they can figure out how to operate the AC, that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, did not know that.
1: And then I also made Canva templates, so you can drop that QR code into it to say what it is. So all our rock stars, as we call our users, all rock stars have access to these templates.
0: Okay, I need to get in there because I probably will do in September when this craziness (laughs) slows down a bit. (laughs) I mean, we've done so much much more with our Touch Day guides this year than we've ever had to have done before. And of course, I'm using them um, I mean, for, for us, for our owner manuals, it is just phenomenal. And our owners are coming back to us and saying this. Oh, and now our monthly newsletter uh, to our owners, we send an email that says, this is what's in the newsletter, and you'll find it in your owner manual.
2: Oh, very cool. And well, now you can deep link to the specific section, which you may not have been able to do before.
0: Well, I'm going to have to talk to Tyanne, because I'm not sure yeah. we're utilising it in the best way. But, you know... it i didn't know there was more we could do so anyway so that that everybody is touch day you know i'm a huge advocate for it and uh, you know get in touch with andy or tyan if you want to find out more but do go to the guest cast podcast there will be information on the show notes to show you where to go so andy tyan thank you so much it's always an absolute pleasure to talk to you both can't wait to see you in person again i do not know when that will be because we're not allowed to set foot across the border just yet
2: yeah and we're not allowed into the us
0: oh so I know. there's no
2: yeah um crazy yeah well it was great to great to talk and chat through the the, the guest cast and thanks for having us again we really appreciate it <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> always, so much. always a pleasure Well, thank you so much, Tyane and Andy. Always an absolute pleasure to to speak to you both. You've got both got so much experience in this industry. And you've totally intrigued me on these episodes. So I will be heading out on my runs over the next few days with Andy, Tyane, and guests in my ears. So please take a look at touchday.com forward slash podcast and you'll get more information on those episodes. And if you do know of anybody you think would be really, really interesting to be interviewed on the guest cast, then get in touch with uh, with ann as she says, at at touchday.com. Okay, that's, that's another wrap, another week's wrap. I should be singing that, I guess. <laughs> All right. I've, I've I've probably done enough for today. It's time for me to go, time for me to get out in the garden, do some weeding, perhaps go and check and see how our day is going from an office point of view as well, because uh, everything's running so smoothly at the moment that, uh, that I tend to forget to check in and, uh, and I should be doing that. So it sounds like all has been sweetness and light with, with the business over the past five four or five weeks. It hasn't. We've had some big issues. Next week, I'm going to be talking about some of these issues and talking about how to apologize because we've had to say sorry to guests. We've also had to use a lot of empathy with some situations. So I'm going to be talking about empathy, apologies, customer service, and all that. And I think you'll find it really interesting. So until until then, thanks so much for listening. Always an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.